Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody throughout the Fruited Plains. Uh, pardon me. Of the greatest nation. No, I'm not. I don't have anything. I just got a call. Uh, you know, it, um, shaking off the cobwebs. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, coast to coast, border to border throughout the greatest uh, land on the face of the planet. Uh, That is America, the greatest success story the world has ever known. I am CL, and thank you so much for coming along with us and helping us build the bridge to conversation daily right here on the CL Bryant Show. And uh, I want to thank our flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk Radio, through uh, which is the largest talk platform in the nation and the most listened to, I might add, in America. I thank them for bringing us into their family here nearly four and a half, nearly going on five years. We've been here with Red State and all of you folks traveling through Times Square right there in New York City. Of course, it's pretty much a ghost town still. All of that's turning around. I'm going to talk to talk about that here in just a minute. Um, the uh, right above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not is the Red State, which is the iconic billboard itself. Red State Talk billboard is right above Ripley's, believe it or not. And every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there on that billboard. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you there in Times Square, about a block from where they dropped the big ball on uh, New Year's night. Hey, gang, I got to tell you, I do believe that we are about to break through the clouds on this coronavirus thing. I, I do believe we're about to uh, to come through. And so you don't um, panic. Don't get overly excited about uh, this because it's still going to be several weeks several weeks before any of us are back to what we would call uh, our new normal. And folks, I got to tell you something. I think that that's going to be one of the most uncomfortable things that we can possibly experience and evolve to is this new normal. Yeah. And, and, but we do it as human beings. We, we do it. Somehow we are able to evolve and adapt to just about anything. I was talking to um, a friend of mine out in uh, in California about the situations uh, there in San Francisco. Uh, they happen to be in um, a little little city. I think they call it Peanut of the Night or something like that. I can't remember. 
Pino, yeah, Pino or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about um, the homeless there in San Francisco. And how really that's changed too. I used, I, I love San Francisco. San Francisco is New York of the West. Uh, we were saying it certainly is, but not anymore. It's beginning to be very grimy. But this is my question. This is what I had to ask. This is what I wanted to ask uh, you. I hadn't gotten to this yet, but I, I want to ask you this. Now, are they keeping record of how this coronavirus is actually affecting the defecators on the streets of San Francisco and wherever else they may be. I I just need to ask the question. Are, uh, yeah, we, we hadn't talked about this, have we? And I have not heard anyone else talk about this, have we? If this virus is so potent, deadly, uh, transmittable, airborne, all of that type of thing, if that is the case, then how is it affecting the homeless population? Evidently, you have sort of a herd uh, immunity that is taking place naturally among the masses of people who are strong enough to knock it off. In, in other words, what I'm saying, listen to me, this may sound uh, somewhat harsh. It may sound somewhat, uh, it may even sound elitist. This may actually sound elitist. Health, this may sound health elitist. I think what happens, and of course this happened by a mistake of the Chinese, although they have all types of reasons why now, and of course they have found 1,300 new dead people uh, uh, too. But, but, but when we think about this situation and the homeless, is it possible that the natural order of things kick into the population something that is designed I mentioned the herd just a little bit ago and the herd being inoculated but in that inoculation process, and, and remember, I'm a farm boy. I grew, in the summer, I spent three months every year down in my granddad's farm, okay? Still still have uh, most of that, that little piece. And, um, uh, well, I still have a little bit of that, 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 that place. And sometimes, <clears throat> pardon me, a sickness would strike his cows, And I remember him saying this vividly. That one that died was too weak to live. And it would have weakened the herd had we bred. Oh, that may sound that may sound Neanderthalish. You know, it may sound straight out of the the book of Neanderthal. Um, and, And I know you've accused me of being that way before. 
but uh, you know, so be it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you the other side of the coin. There's always two sides. If you have a coin, there's two sides to it. But many times we only know uh, the face on the front of the quarter. Huh? We know nothing about the details on the back of that quarter. There's two sides to this. And so um, we as human beings, it's a part of our nature. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just pointing it out. We save our weak. We save our wounded. We save those who struggle. That's the beauty. That's a part of our human nature. It's a great part of it. But nature itself is not that kind. Nature is brutal. It it, it is not humane. Oh, I, I can promise you that. Listen, um, we always had dogs uh, down on the farm. We always had dogs. I had a dog when I grew up up, up in the city uh, as well. But they were all very hardy dogs. They, they, I don't know what grandpa did to, and grandma did to keep them uh, uh, healthy as, as, they di- as they were, but they were healthy. Uh, I think they put a little bacon grease or something on them to get the tick to keep the ticks off of them. Yeah, bacon grease, a little bit of bacon grease on them to keep the ticks off. People knew that kind of stuff back then, uh, and they were hardy. The animals were hardy, but if they got sick, uh, if you could do what you could do to try and save them, but if that didn't work, and that was a natural remedy, a natural formula that Grandpa would whip up, my. Goodness, I wish I had paid closer attention to what that old man was doing. I could make a fortune with the home remedies he had. But he knew what to do. And if the animal died, this is what he said, that animal was too weak to live anyway. And if it had lived and bred, it would have weakened the herd. That's the way Mother Na- he said Mother Nature works, Sonny. Call me Sonny. That's the way Mother Nature works, Sonny. It thins out the weak. And, and and I was just, you know, got all this time to reflect and all of that type of thing these days, and I reflect probably on each one of my uh, ancestors, my four my forebearers. I reflect on them. All of them were uh, not learned men. They were not. They were all illiterate, but they were brilliant, and it, it troubles my heart many times to think what they may have done with the education they told me to get. It, 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 it just... It just breaks my heart sometimes. And depending on the state of mind, uh, <laughs> especially these days, I'm, I'm being I'm being very open and honest with you. I'm bearing my soul to my radio audience. You're you're you've become my family. Sometimes in these days, uh, when you're reflecting like that, it brings a tear to the eye and it makes you also think about what you could have done. To make others, others better. At least that's me. You may not be thinking that way at all. (laughs) Oh, no. You may not be thinking like that at all, but that was me. But I do know that nature does have a way of thinning 
the herd. Thinning a forest. What do you what do you think the uh, that that forest uh, when when lightning strikes in a a, a thicket a, a wooded forest? What do you think that's about? That's always happened. That hasn't just happened. Uh, forest fires haven't just happened since um, we came along. No, they've always happened. Lightning strikes dry brush, sets the forest on fire. In result, it clears out the undergrowth there in the forest so that things can breathe and begin to live again. Nature has a way of thinning the herd, thinning thinning it out. Now, whether or not, uh, and and, you know, um, things happen here, you know, that still causes that to occur. Our, our own modern medicine keeps us around, of course, much longer than we, uh, I think many, except back in the ancient days, the ancient of days, back when men and women lived into their uh, three and four hundreds, five and six hundred of years. Of course, the atmosphere was somewhat different then. People stopped living. If you'll note, uh, there was a marked difference in uh, the lifespan of humanity after the flood. Methuselah, was it 969, 969 years that Methuselah lived, but the day that he died, uh, the flood came. The, the day that he left, the flood came. Yeah. Uh, was, it, was it, or how did they go with Enoch? Enoch, yeah, what came and, yeah, when the day that Methuselah his lifespan was over. I think it was either him and Enoch. The flood came. If you look at that chronologically, I haven't done that study in a long time. And things changed after there this catastrophic shift, paradigm shift in uh, the climate, it appears. And lifespans began to be shorter. In fact, later on it talks about uh, 70, three score and 10, three score and 60 and 10, 70, score being 20 years. <clears throat> and so that's the thinning process has always gone on. And when we develop modern medicine, which is great, I'm not saying that modern medicine bad, and people living long lives, bad, you know, good, and, you know, bad and all that type thing. Um, I am saying that our evolution, our own personal human evolution. And yes, I, I'm a creationist. I believe that God created the earth, but I believe that we do evolve as human beings. Right. Sure. It is. Sure. That's right. I mean, you study the pattern. You don't have to agree with me. Let's just talk about it. Because if we don't evolve as human beings, uh, then maybe that does explain why some of us have never left the region, the area where we have resided. We've never, we never ventured. We don't want to evolve. Oh, you grow. Your body begins to grow. You can, you can be born in this place right now today, and 40 years later, you've never left the place. Are you hearing me? That didn't happen with us here in this country. There are many countries 
on the face of the planet right now who have been around for eons. And they're exactly the way they were eons ago. America is not like that. America is a nation that is in a, a constant state of evolution. And I, I thank God for that. Uh, having been the great grandson of former slaves. Huh? I thank God for that. That America is evolving and there's no way that you can tell me a former NAACP president, Garland, Texas. Yeah, Garland, Texas. East Texas. That's East Texas. We're headed toward the West. You're almost uh, to the West. You're almost to Fort Worth. But no, you're in Garland, which is still East Texas. Dallas would be Central Texas. But Garland, still East Texas. And that was that in the late 80s, coming out of the turbulent 70s and the nation-altering 60s. I experienced all of those. And you cannot tell me that this nation is what it was in the 60s or the 50s, mid-50s when I was born. Huh? Yeah, I've been around a while. Feel good, look good, and I plan to have been around another 60. I need to take that needle, that human lifespan needle back up toward uh, the five and six hundreds. I think it would have been absolutely awesome to have been around that long. You see your quadruple great grandchildren running around and they come to you as the sage in the family. Coronavirus on its own would have thinned the herd. And the strong would have survived it. And the weak would have died. And as we uh, reproduce... The next reproduction is immune to the virus. Or at least it gives us time to buy time for vaccine so that we can emulate, immunate uh, the immune systems of America, in, inject infuse antivirus into the immune system of America, thus strengthening the herd for the future. I'll be back. We have to talk more about that when I return. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. Why aren't the homeless dying off? Be right back. Thank you. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you for coming along with me. As we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here over Red State Talk Radio, flagship station of the CL Bryant Show, coast to coast and border to border. want to thank Loving Liberty for bringing us into their family as well and all the terrestrial stations who have us in replay around the nation. I said as we started the show that I do believe that we are breaking through the clouds on this COVID-19. We're breaking through the clouds and hey, we're about to land this plane. We can do it. We can, us can do this. We can do this. We can land this plane and uh, it, the conversation, though, that I was having with you, um, or the monologue that I was sharing with you, uh, was simply this. And, and it's the question that leads into this. Why aren't the homeless dying? No, you don't have 80-year-old homeless folks out there, although if in some Inuit villages, I think, <laughs> they set them out on the... I uh, you know, set them adrip on, on the on the water on a thing of ice. That we don't do that yet <laughs> here in America. We don't do that yet here in America. But this virus was certainly taking out the elderly big time. If you were seventy five, eighty five years of age, and you got coronavirus, you were gone. Listen. One of the most beloved preachers in my lifetime, next to my own pastor, Pastor um, e. Edward Jones, Sr., um, Dr. Edward Jones, Sr., Pastor of Galilee Baptist Church in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, where I grew up, former president of the uh, National Baptist Convention of America. He was like uh, a second father to me, and but people who he tutored were pastors like Harry Blake, who was something like 83 years old, okay? Shreveport, Louisiana, or Louisiana is ground zero, is, is becoming, in the South anyway, ground zero for coronavirus. And I thank God that I'm in Colorado. <laughs> I really thank God for that. News came to me just a few days ago that... Um, you know, Corona had taken out an icon. He was a civil rights icon. He was nearly beaten to death. Yeah. <laughs> During the civil rights era. But he's gone and, and he lives that life. 
He lives that life of icon. And he's killed because he had grown weak enough physically for something like this to take him out. Jim Crow didn't take him out. None of that took him out. He lived through all of that. And he lived to see people that he, uh, he was the chief catechizer on my ordination panel when I was ordained. Um, and he lived to see people like myself become uh, what I, you know, become in this nation, even though it's uh, somewhat um, in opposition to his political philosophy for certain. But still, I have that in me. I have him he he and Jones, both of them were Pastor Edward Jones. Uh, they were the main, along, of course, my father being in an orbit all to himself, my grandfather being orbits all to themselves. But as far as my political philosophy and tenacity, I owe those men. And 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 friends, what I'm saying is, COVID-19 comes along and it has done a number on the American family because there are certain things that you do envision that might take your child out, might take your husband out, regardless of what age they are. If if they're sick, then you you figure, well, it's that sickness that they're experiencing that's going to, you know, uh, take them out eventually. If you don't go first, right? But I want you to imagine this situation here where you have a virus that does seem like it is an invisible thing that uh, happens. It comes on you. You don't know you have it. And so you don't know who you come in contact with, who you may have passed it on to. But suddenly you're down sick and they take you to the hospital. They diagnose this as coronavirus or COVID-19. They take your loved one back into the hospital. They tell you to stay where you are. You can't come. And that winds up being the last time you see them. Even though the herd may very well be thinning because of a virus like this, and and hey, it would take millions to die to really thin the herd, but that's what would happen if we didn't have medical science. The herd would thin out by the millions just here in America, and we still don't know uh, how many may actually be affected. In China, oh, they came up with a number not long ago. Let's see. I think their death toll in China spiked uh, one hundred and one thousand three hundred. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, listen, 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 listen. They're terrible liars. The Chinese are. The, the over. You know. The, I'm not talking about Americans. I don't care what your uh, background, what, how you got to these shores. I'm not saying that if you have a Chinese heritage uh, that you are 
terrible liar. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about uh, anyone ethnically in this country whatsoever. I am talking about a nation. I am not talking to Americans, red, yellow, black, or white. But the Chinese are terrible liars because they don't take into account their own numbers. You see, this started there in Wuhan province. Now, this was the edict that was issued by the Chinese government. People in the Wuhan, Wuhan province were not supposed to leave and circulate among the population, the regional population outside of Wuhan. That was the edict from the Chinese government. But they could travel outside of China. You see, there's something in my estimation nefarious in that alone. Hey, you know, call me whatever you want. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's just common sense that you would want to protect your neighbor from that. And if you let it out on purpose, if you let it out of your yard, knowing the harm that it could cause, aren't you responsible for that? I think that's why you put up beware of dog signs, right? So if people come into your yard, they know that they have a problem, right? And it's also why you have leash laws to avoid your pet becoming a public problem. Now, what the Chinese were doing in that laboratory uh, escalating the effectiveness of this virus, we don't know. But what made me say to you that the Chinese are terrible liars? Chinese from China. I'm not talking about Americans, red, yellow, black, or white. I want that perfectly made perfectly clear now, okay? All right, you have a tendency to, you know, to mess me up. Try to mess me up when you're talking about that type thing. When I start talking about that type thing, all of a sudden, I am the xenophobe. When I'm just laying out some stuff. That's all we ever do. That's all conservatives ever do. We just lay out some stuff. We're not trying to be xenophobic or, or homophobic or anything. Just straight stating some facts. You know, you can deny them if you want to, but they're factual. But in this situation, the Chinese knew that they had unleashed this pit bull on the general public. And... It has bitten and killed, maimed even countless numbers of people. Even in Russia, Iran, and other places where we get skewed numbers. And if you think that for some, somehow or for whatever reason, we are going to buy 
these numbers of their death tolls spiking only 1,300 people in a nation that has lost count of how many folks they have. We at last count, they were one quarter of the world's population, the Chinese. They alone, if the world were a dollar bill and we broke it into quarters, the Chinese would go away with one quarter all by themselves. And you are saying to me that they are sending us these figures saying that, oh, hey, we found 1,300 more dead people. We can't trust that. We can't believe that. It's going to be hard ever to trust uh, what they say again because they did this. Now, you idiots out there, that is not for you to uh, go and start uh, being hostile toward anyone of Chinese ancestry. That is absolutely, that would be absolutely ridiculous. Anyone would tell you that if that happens, it won't be conservatives doing it. It will be liberals. Watch, mark my word. Conservatives have never hurt anybody. It's always been liberals who've done the rot throwing and the glass breaking. It's never been us. And this year, this year I was looking forward to the conventions coming down. So, the, but in the midst of this uh, episode that we're going through which we will get through. I'm beginning to see the clouds break. I can almost see the ground. I'm, I'm beginning to see little, I believe we can land this plane. The runway is becoming, uh, the airport is in view. Visual. We have a visual on the airport. And I think it's going to be about a week, maybe a little bit more. Two, two and a half at the most. When we began to experience um, shades, of normalcy shades of normalcy man so stay tuned for further developments on that why aren't the homeless getting sick why aren't they um that would be newsworthy don't you think I know, and uh, many times, uh, so many of the mainstream media, they listen. Oh, believe it or not, they have people listening to this show. I know because I hear my thoughts rebroadcast to me at 6 o'clock and uh, 8 o'clock and 7 o'clock. I know they listen to my show. That's good. Great. Imitation the greatest form of flattery. And keep in mind, none of the great artists uh, were great artists uh, and, and, and on a mega way, in a mega way. Until, well, they had gone from the scene. In my case, it'll be another 60 years. So I have a platform to build and a brand to build. And so I'm going to go ahead and do that. But make no mistake, nobody's talking about the fact that the homeless don't seem to be dying. I mean, it's, is it then possible that herd immunity has taken place amongst the homeless? 
I applaud the studies that uh, have been done and where the where we've come in such a short time on all of this. But it, there's still places that we need to look and, and common sense questions that we need to ask. As far as this concern, and uh, what about the homeless is is my question. They, they don't seem to be getting sick and dying in the streets. Why? And as far as the intubators and all that type thing uh, are um, concerned, there are some who are saying if it comes to you having to go on the uh, intubation machine, you might as well throw the dice. You need to stay off of it or go on it. Uh, 30% chance, 40% chance that you'll never come off that thing. If you go on it, and if you come off of it, if you go on it and come off of it alive, you're never physically or mentally, it seems the same. So it has its drawback. And if that's the case, uh, you got to go, I have to go through the rest of my life uh, mentally and physically challenged. Uh, then what I was saying to you earlier, let nature do its thing. Thin it out, thin the hurt out. And if and and eventually, all of us are thinned. <laughs> yeah, eventually, all the her, all, all the, you go. Now, if your seed's strong enough to remain around here and hang around here, then you live on through them. But all of us eventually go. And when you look back upon uh, why black people are getting this in such uh unfettered and and uh, unprecedented unequal numbers is and, and I saw it I saw it as clearly as anything the other day when I went to the grocery store um I was in the grocery store and there were some um people there shopping of course who happened to be black they they knew each other they hugged each other and shook hands Yeah. The new normal is going to create uncomfortable circumstances in the future. Doctors are screaming about, you know, why shake hands anyway? Some doctor is saying he always um, was against shaking hands. It's the best way to spread germs, and I can see that. But, hey, that's what humans have always done. It's a way of, um, I think it's a way of actually immunizing ourselves, bypassing it on. And I think we go a bridge too far when we start putting a helmet on the bicycle, the kid riding the bicycle. (laughs) You you know, I'll talk about it. I'll talk a little bit more about it because um, there are some things that happen naturally that, of course, we come up with a serum for. It's actually intended to be for good. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, home stretch of the first hour when I return. And if you don't get both hours of the show, tell a friend, download free the CL Bryant Show app. In your app store, I'll be back. You thought I was worth saving, so you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping, 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day. Throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. Let's make sure we secure it for ourselves and our posterity. Al children now, children. We have to do that. Yeah. It's a good father and mother that leaves um, an inheritance for their children and their grandchildren. It's a good man that does that. And America, this, uh, however you look at it, uh, nation, by those who bought it with their blood, sweat, and tears, this nation has been given to us by those who came before in their own way, whatever their contribution may have been. It has been given to us. And I say this around the nation, I will be loathed. If, in fact, I give what my father and grandfather, great-grandfather and mothers, uh, great-grandmothers and all of those who endured stuff, I will be loathed if I give it away to those who would destroy what they paid for without a fight. No, not going to go back, backward in time. They paid for me to enjoy the fruits of this land and I'm not going to weigh myself down with fighting the battles that they already fought and won. It's strange to me how um, we, we have this, our young people have this mentality that they want to go back and fight battles that they know nothing about because they will never experience them. They will never experience uh, the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s, the 80s. They will never experience even the 90s for, for um, the evolution of the way this nation has evolved. And so I can't live my grandfather's pain. And I cannot uh, ask anyone to atone in this day and time for my grandfather's pain. Because I don't know what kind of pain your grandfather may have uh, or your grandmother may have endured for you to be where you are. And the, 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 the thing that really gets me is the idea that just because my skin is black, I have a certain experience. That's actually how Barack Obama got elected to be president of the United States. Oh, we called him the first black president of the United States, but he was not. 
No, no, Al Sharpton would have been closer to that. Jesse um, and, you know, Herman, Herman Cain, um, no doubt would have been closer to that because they actually come from a slave history in this country. But we have this awful habit of judging people's experience by their skin tone. Now, admittedly, that back in our great-grandparents' day, even in our grandparents' day, not talking to you young kids, because your grandparents uh, can be in their 40s and 50s, not talking to you. I'm talking to you who have crossed over the uh, 45 line. I'm talking about your grandparents and your great-grandparents. You know, you, you can't, you can't, revisit that that's a that's a room in the past that yes you can remember the pictures on the wall and you can walk into the room you can see where everything is in that room but you know something about uh that room of the past there's nothing in that room that you can manipulate you can't move it around it's and, and in fact, a part of the sum total of why you are where you are. Do you want to change that? No, we're we're into history revision. Are you kidding me? No, you're the sum total of that. If grandpa, great grandpa had not gotten off the sidewalk. In that day and time in Mansfield, Louisiana. Where would I be? I don't know. If my uncle had not gotten beaten for speaking his mind about voting back in the early 50s, mid 50s. Would there still be that situation? There's somebody. Yeah. Paid for something. You see, grandpa had to pay with humiliation, as did um, many of your, regardless of the skin color, many of your ancestors paid with humiliation. Some paid physically. And somehow, uh, even though the um, institution of slavery is absolutely evil, it is, in fact, a part of the human dynamic. When you go to the job, uh, you do what you're told to do, and they pay you what they think it's worth. It's almost slavery. Yeah, if you and I haven't, of course, I've 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 worked for myself for the last twenty five years. Okay, Uh, you know, I mean, I don't can call myself, but I work for the Lord. You know, Uh, and you know, I had side little sidelines, duly employed, but my main occupation, my um, profession, is that I am a minister of the gospel. That's my profession. All this other stuff is that uh, I do it on the side. Yeah, but my profession is uh, making Jesus famous. 
That's what I do. Whenever you hear me say anything, you can rest assured that I'm saying it for his glory. There's no doubt about it. Okay? Make no mistake. So, um, why aren't the homeless dying? Why, why aren't the homeless dying? Or have they reached that point where they had the sniffles and they got over it and it was actually Corona and now they have that um, temporary or maybe permanent immune, immunity to it? We don't know if it is temporary or if it's permanent. Those who come through and have the antibodies, we don't know um, what that means. Are they able then to give plasma so that the rest of us can be injected with that and be healed? We don't know. So much we don't know. That's why this will go on another couple of weeks. They're figuring it out fast. They're figuring this out very fast. But I want you to note something. And after the top of the hour, I want you to note something. And I told you this. I told you this. Follow me on Twitter. At Rev, R-E-V-C-L Bryant. At Rev, C-L Bryant. Go back. Go back in my history there, back in the feed. And um, you'll come across it. I told you that um, this thing would be something go back past the one with the mask and all that I, I told you we were going to wind up in this situation I also told you that we needed to investigate China two weeks ago go back go back go back through the history and I'll tell you and uh, we can't trust them those figures uh, you got a, a quarter of the world's population and uh, this thing started in your country and you only have 4,300, 4,500 deaths and we have, <laughs> you, you really want us to buy that? Americans, are we going to buy that? Oh, the rest of the world had this, um, I don't know, I don't know, let them be, let them do what they want to do. Uh, type attitude toward the Chinese until now. And so the Chinese blames uh, the mistake on the, uh, on who world health organization for this being the, the smear that's on them. They're blaming somebody's going to blame everybody blames somebody, right? <laughs> it rolls downhill, doesn't it? It does. And so the Chinese, the only place, the only place that they can roll theirs down to is who? <laughs> the rest of the world has dumped on China, right? It rolls downhill, kid. I'm telling you. Rolls downhill. The rest of the world has blamed China. And China needs someone to blame. So who are they blaming? They're going to blame the who. <laughs> so, they're turning. so they're turning on one another. Yeah. It was chaotic in the early days. And all of this stuff got 
twisted is what they're basically saying to the world. You know the one thing they're not saying? We're sorry. And that's why they have to be brought into account because it seems as though this was purposeful. But it's also an indication that it may not be. Sometimes people who do things unawares um, come to saying, I'm sorry, very slowly. But I don't think that's the case with the Chinese. I think they knew exactly what they were doing. They always, they're very, they're, they're inscrutable. Not talking about you American Chinese. I'm talking about the the real the, the real Chinese. The Chinese see there's not real uh, Negroes or Africans in America. There's not real Africans in America. That especially if your generations go back three to four generations, you're you're not you're not a real you can't possibly be a real African. There's no way. Right. And um, there's no way that you can be that. You just can't. And so, my fellow Americans, and so, my fellow Americans, here we go. And when I said throwing rocks, liberals, I just read this text from somebody I I know. I'm talking about literal rocks. <laughs> I'm talking about picking up. They said, uh, they said conservatives don't throw rocks, liberals do. No, we we very seldom pick up rocks and throw them at anybody. Uh, I was trying to speak at a, a college out there in California, and I got got rocks myself, and uh, it was gonna it was going to be um, Ann Coulter was going to be with me, but rocks flew. We would never do that. Conservatives would never do that. Never. We never have. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. So glad that all of you could come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation. Over the C.L. Bryant Show. We'll be back right after the news break. Don't go anywhere. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Raphael back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you for coming along with the second hour of the C.L. Bryant Show, building the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here over Red State Talk uh, Radio, our flagship station throughout the Fruited Plains and around the globe. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your iPhone or favorite device. My friends, if you're traveling through Times Square in New York City, uh, you may look up above the iconic Ripley's, believe it or not. The Red State Talk billboard is right there. And every hour, uh, the C.L. Bryant Show, 24 hours a day, cycles through there on the billboard. And old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you. Trouble times that we live in, no doubt about it. Um, There's no question about that. And um, many times our understanding of certain things cause conflict. And that's happening. You're going to see lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. Listen, we talk about um, attorneys (laughs) coming out of the woodwork wanting to sue folks. These next few years will result in a sue-fest in America. It's already begun. Um, Texas Governor Abbott and uh, Attorney General Paxton over there in Texas, uh, they're being sued over the stay-at-home order. And and there's, there's two ways, there's several ways to look at this. Sued! The governor doing what he feels is the right thing to do to protect the citizens of Texas, but he's being sued over it. Yeah, they're being sued by a group of conservative activists and pastors for imposing draconian, unconstitutional requirements on Texans over the stay-at-home order, reports the Houston Chronicle. Once government and uh, and its constituents start operating on the basis of fear rather than facts, they are willing to take whatever medicine is prescribed, no matter how harmful the side effects may be. The suit said, according to the Chronicle, churches and small businesses are shut down and Texans Uh, right to move about freely is restricted for all particular purposes. The governor's executive order constitutes a lockdown. Read it. This is, this is, this is what uh, they're saying. Abbott issued an essential service order, March um, 31st requiring anyone not considered an essential critical infrastructure worker to stay home. He is uh, expected to unveil his plan to reopen the economy this Friday. The Texas economy, which is uh, larger than most most countries around the world, uh, though he made clear it would be a slow process. And so you have people, I know, listen, I have pastored three churches, folks. I understand the pastor's dilemma. I understand the constitutionalist. I'm a constitutionalist and the conservative uh, view on this. But I also see the other side of it. I see both sides of this. 
And I can tell you, though, looking at what's happening in Michigan and what I just read to you that's going on in Texas, I can tell you this. Americans are beginning to be totally peeved. <laughs> They're getting kind of ticked off at this. Yeah, here in a little bit, I'm going to take me a ride up in the mountains, I think. Maybe today or tomorrow. Ride up in the mountains. And um, if it looks like it's okay, and see, that's the new paranoia, the new uncomfortable normal that's setting in. You ride up in the mountains. If it looks okay, you get out and breathe some fresh air and air your head out. Right? You don't get out anywhere. That's the new uncomfortable normal. You're para, you're paranoid. You're paranoid. And so, my fellow Americans, this is our plight right now. We're entering into a time when you're going to see civil disobedience. And we all thought that it was going to take place during the conventions uh, in the summer, the Democrat and the Nash and the uh, Republican GOP convention. We, I, we all thought that that's when we would see the civil unrest. Who knew? Who could have thought that a virus would bring this type of unrest? We live among viruses. We have um, vaccines for viruses. We have overcome them. We live among them. We live among TB, but we're um, immune to it. We live among influenza. The common cold, uh, something no one, uh, we have not been able to conquer yet. And from the common cold that we haven't been able to conquer, we come to this point in time where we have this virus that is invisible, as it is said. It's invisible. And it's dangerous because you don't feel it until it jumps out of the bushes. Of your body. Your body says, hey, <laughs> where'd you come from? But anyway, that's what is going on. And it's scary. And you don't know if you're transmitting it. And so my position has been because this is going to break up real soon. I, I have a feeling that, we, like I said, they've been saying through the whole show, we're, we're coming through these clouds. And uh, it appears that none of us who dislike being told what to, how to live our lives, we had to be told what to do. We were, you come to a stop sign, you just you were just told what to do. So don't come to me talking about you don't know you know you don't do it, you don't follow the directions. You're not. Yes, you do. When you come to any stop sign, you just been told what to do. When you lock your door. With the key or you turn the, you've just been told what 
to do. You're operating from a point of being told what to do. So don't tell me that you're one of these people who's, you know, you're free of being told what to do. You're told what to do all the time. You sit at a dinner table. Yeah. That whopper will cost you whatever. <laughs> you're told what to do all the time. So pastors and to those of you who uh, feel as though we are being infringed upon by this, I agree. It is an infringement. But then I look at it from a standpoint of are we being good neighbors? Huh? Sometimes, as I have said to you in the past, and I need to reiterate this, our dogmatic idealism outweighs and overruns our common sense. And yes, I have ministerial clergy friends. I have friends who are politicians and grassroots people, conservatives and liberals. I have conservative and liberal friends who are so dogmatic in their ideology, they cannot see anyone else's side of the, of, the, of the equation. They cannot even formulate anything else other than what they have been programmed to believe. When the Republicans are wrong, I'm going to tell the, I'm going to tell the Republicans that they are wrong. But, you know, the strange thing is Democrats never tell their own party they're wrong. Yeah, that anti-Trump movement, those are Republicans. I think they're wrong. I think they're wrong about Trump. But I also, when the president does something that I think he's wrong about, I say it. I say he's wrong. I, I, I you know, wish uh, that, be, but it's not his personality. He's going to be visible. He's, a, he's bigger than life personality. That's who he is. So let Trump be Trump. And I think we can uh, see uh, an administration that will lead us again to a place where we were uh, a month and a half ago in absolute cruising prosperity. We had the Chinese uh, at bay. We had we had definitely had them coming to the trade table. The farmers were smiling throughout this country because we were about to do something extraordinary as far as agriculture with the Chinese. We had little Kim. Uh, you know, had him, little crazy self, um, had him at bay. You know, the Iranians had him by the scruff of the neck. They were, and, and these people are, they're dangerous to the world. Their ideology is dangerous to the world. It has proven to be that way to its own people. They have not evolved Slavery was dangerous to all Americans as long as it existed on these shores. And once it was gone, you had to evolve to a place where you look back and learn not to do that again. The Iranians have never done that. Neither have the Chinese. They treat their people the same as the overlords always treated their people and the people in Hong Kong they are tired of it 
that Beijing runs the show. Beijing runs the show even if Hong Kong is tired of it. That's not the way it has evolved in America. And I don't care how long I may live in China or Russia or France or England. I will never be a black man who can ascend to the type of loftiness that my counterparts can ascend to. It's just not going to happen. But it can in America. That wasn't the way it was back then. But it is the way it is now. And when we come to places and uh, with viruses and, and when we're challenged, when Americans are faced with our own demise, we come to ourselves and realize and we start saying things that we should be saying all the time. And that is we're in this thing together. We should be saying that all the time. But only when we are faced with our demise and not necessarily as a flesh and blood people, but when we're faced with the demise of, do you realize your way of life? You realize how blessed you are to have this American way of life. Did you just hear me say that I'm going to get in my car and drive up into the mountains? There are places you can't do that. Whether you have the car or the the means to drive up there, you can't do that. Do you know why? Because there's always travel restrictions. And the people in Texas, they, you know, those Texans are um, a different guy and they're a different breed. Don't fence me in. Yeah, I was president of the NAACP there in Garland, Texas, for uh, two terms. And um, I'm going to tell you, they don't like to be fenced in over there. They're, they're, they, they're not as laid back as Louisianians are. Texans are not as laid back as Louisianians are, but they're not as fierce as Louisianians are when it comes to the actual fight. Texans are a high-strung group of folks, but they're not as fierce as Louisianians are and Tennesseans are when it comes to the fight. Oh, we we talk about remember the Alamo, but it was Jim Bowie and uh, David Crockett, Tennessee and Louisiana boys, that waged that war real good. Yeah, Texas is made up of the rest of us. That's why that spirit is so freeborn over there. It's the American spirit that resides in Texas, even though they claim it as their own. It's an American spirit that resides in Texas in, in, in everybody, red, yellow, black, and white. And that's one of the reasons why the Cowboys, my team, and they've disappointed me over and over and over. <laughs> 
That's why they're called America's team, because they come from America's state, state of Texas. But they get their greatness from people from from Louisiana. <laughs> but they're getting they're 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 tired they're tired in Texas of having to deal with with being fenced in. Don't fence me in. Give me land, lots of land on the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. That is the American, that should be the American um, mascot song. Don't fence us in. And that's, we're getting tired. We're, we're, we're beginning to be ticked off. And so you're going to see civil unrest uh, happening certainly the rest of this year all the way through Election Day. And who knows what that uh, may go on as scheduled Election Day. Let's see, November 3rd, I think this year, is Election Day. And there had been talks of postponing that. And I know that all of us on both sides of the aisle, I don't know, might just be in an uproar. If that were to occur, oh no, so it would just be awful if that occurred. Now you go back through um, my tweets at Rev C L Brian, and I told you some time ago that what was bad for you would turn out to be good for the Democrats. You being off work and away from work and out of work and having to shelter in place and stay, you know, where you are and all this kind of stuff. You going through that. Um, is bad. But. The agenda of spending. Money. For the Democrats is good. And they actually want to spend more money so that they can hide more things for you to pay for on their agenda. They actually want to spend this thing to go on even further. I'll be back. We'll talk about it. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Our hands are lifted. 
sit high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. CL, throughout the fruited plains of America, coast to coast, border to border, blessed from sea to shining sea. Ain't that America? Something to see. I was talking uh, with someone earlier today about how it truly is America. The beautiful. If you haven't gotten a chance to get out and see your land, your country, um, do so. Yeah. You understand even better once you get out and see America, the words of uh, my country, tis of thee. Sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. It is a gorgeous country. And still, Americans, uh, there is a cry now because we have uh, been told by our governor, uh, by our government, yeah, and governors as well, in uh, twenty in so many states, to stay in place, just stay where you are. Mm-hmm. So that is not sitting so well, you know, at all. So, um, here we are under the orders to stay home, not work. We're going to have to get back to work in order for everyone, including the extremely rich to continue paying the bills. We cannot sustain this type of existence much longer. We just cannot sustain it. Um, I was talking, I think, to one of my daughters (laughs) the other day, and um, she was saying, yeah, you know, Dad, uh, they, they, they... sent me they got sent me my the money the twelve hundred dollars or whatever it was you know to the family center her um sixteen year no her her um eighteen year how old is Gabby now nineteen year old daughter a check too I think I said hmm that's good okay good good you guys don't have to worry about you guys yada 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 okay and so that money is is out there, Americans, and she said she got it, but she's being told that it has to be paid back through the income taxes. And she says, "Gee, that that's not that's not." I said, "I told her, would would you really want the government to give you that money, and you never repay that?" And she thought about it. And she understood the ramifications of government giveaways. It's the same as the old saying, beware of Greeks bearing gifts. Uh Oh, I've just run the gamut. The Chinese, the Greeks, everybody's mad at me today. (laughs) I am a fiscal conservative. Um... Not as strong of a social conservative as I am a fiscal conservative. There are certain things that I don't uh, endorse as a social conservative uh, as far as, you know, same-sex marriage and abortion, that type of thing. I'm not uh, for that, but um, I am also not 
for people dictating what grown folk do together and what a grown person's do by himself, by themselves. I don't care. I don't care what you do as long as I don't have to pay for it. I'm a fiscal conservative. As long as it doesn't become something that I have to pay for. All right. Yeah, you know, we all have to. We all have to drive on the roads. We all need to remain safe in our beds at night. That's why we uh, pay taxes for police and fire. But we all have. But but when it comes to y'all, you doing what makes you happy, well, friend, that's on you. If you want to marry or have a a ceremony with your significant other and that significant other happens to be a man and you want to call yourself married to them, that's on you. I don't care. Got it? And listen, if you are going to murder somebody, I don't care if it's a 90-year-old person or an unborn child. That's between you and the Lord, too. I'm going to try to talk you out of it. But that's between you and the Lord, and I'm going to always speak out against murder, what I consider to be murder. And I believe that murdering a 90-year-old or a 190-year-old or a 690-year-old as well as an unborn child is murder. I believe that. And it's mighty strange to me. Black folks used to believe that uh, on mass. I mean, that, that was just, you know, blanket belief. I mean, how could we kill our own children since we, once we came through slavery? There's no way we would ever buy into anything like that. And we did not until we were led to that place. But I am a fiscal conservative and mostly a social conservative, but, but not as much as a fiscal conservative. There are some things I think, hey, you go ahead and do it if you want to do it. I'm libertarian that way. Very libertarian uh, when it comes to social things. You don't bother me. I don't bother you. What you're doing over on your property is what you're doing over on your property. As long as nobody's being harmed over there, as long as you're not harming human beings and uh, mistreating animals over there. You know, you're not starving to death. You're killing them, eating them. That's fine. Not the human beings, the animals. Because <laughs> if you've got some Dahmer stuff going on on your property, then, yeah, it does um, uh, involve all of us because you venture out. You see how that works? You can do what you want to do as long as you do it where you're doing it and don't venture out and infest and infect the rest of society. And that is what it's boiling down to with this unknown virus that we're fighting. And that's why it's silly for um, even clergy. And I'm part of that. Believe me, I understand you. Your people are not coming to church, so they're not giving the way they used to. And the church operates off of that. We, We can't do good. The world can't do good without funds. The church can't do good without funds, but it makes it easier then to understand why pastors are up in arms because neither can America do good without funds. We must get back to work. But if we're all dead and suffering with our lungs filling up with fluid, as I do suspect happened to 
hundreds of thousands of Chinese. But according to them, only 4,600, something like that. <laughs> a, a billion people. And who knows? They very well may have been able to protect themselves while unleashing it on the world. They may have. You know what? With a closed and controlled society like the Chinese have, they may have actually been able to shut it down. Right there before it got out of Hunan. But I doubt it. And you can't trust it. And therein lies the problem. Therein lies the problem. You can't trust it. And therein lies the problem that you're facing with these uh, conservatives and pastors who are suing um, conservative governor Greg Abbott and Paxton in Texas because they're tired of it. And so Larry Kudlow may a transition month, May will be a transition month according to um, chief economist on the Trump team Larry Kudlow uh, White House uh, economic advisor. Larry's a great guy. Uh, One of his best friends, Steve Moore is my good friend and one uh, one of my fellows at Freedom Works. Larry was saying that uh, we will get to the other side and we will resume what was one of the strongest economies in American history. We'll resume it. That's, that's comforting words. That's what I want to get back to. That's what we all want to get back to, don't we? Yeah. I want to get back to the incentive. Cudlow went on from uh, incentives from tax cuts and uh, deregulations and the energy and the good trade deals. But uh, let's get through this next bunch of weeks. And, uh, and, and I want you to look, so you have to really read the words and you can get the indication of what's happening. Cutlow is saying that um, in order to get to where we are, and, and do, you, do I trust Larry Cutlow? Yeah, I do. I do. I would be, <laughs> the revolution would have to begin if, you know, people like Cudlow and Steve Morse, who I know as patriots, began lying to us. The revolution, it would be time for the total upheaval. But notice what he said. It's going to be, we're going to have to um, get through, I'm quoting, but let's get just get through the next bunch of weeks. Next bunch of weeks. And we will come out okay. I firmly believe that. When you are speaking to the nation, as Cutlow was speaking to the nation, and you choose words like, let's just get through these next bunch of weeks, meaning all of May, most likely. It's going to be that transition month. It's what he was talking about. Friends, 
it looks like it's going to be the next bunch of weeks. While some of the country begins to wake up and start uh, feeling it, feeling it again, stretching, you know, stretching it out uh, and feeling it again. Cudlow has said in no uncertain terms, we're going to have to get through these next bunch of weeks and then we get back to what we want to be, what we were, what we were doing. If we can get back, if we can get through the next bunch of weeks. Gordon Chang um, to Newsmax. Gordon was on with me uh, just last week. Gordon Chang was saying uh, to Newsmax, and I just love his commentary. Uh, Michelle, let's get Gordon uh, back on the show uh, next week. In fact, we promised him that he'd be a regular anyway, so let's get him back on. Um, But Gordon Chang was saying, and he is... um, Noted for staying on top of what's happening in China. We know with certainty that in a few years, there's going to be another virus or pathogen that escapes China. And it's going to be the same thing unless we make it clear to Chinese leaders that there's a cost for deliberately spreading bugs. Chang is saying what I was saying in the first hour, that there is no way that China has as few deaths among its general population if they didn't control this from the outset. They're saying they only have a little little over 4,000 deaths. They just they just threw in another one hundred one thousand three hundred onto that pile. They had under they had you know under four thousand deaths in all of China, but represents a quarter of the world's population. If they only had four thousand deaths from this, and the rest of us are uh, reporting the numbers that we are reporting, it's over a million around the world. And China, where this originated and where this escaped from, is only experiencing four thousand, a little over four thousand deaths, maybe midway four thousand deaths. Friends, something ain't right with that picture. It means that they took steps to contain this from their general population. They kept it contained in Hunan, in Hunan, but check this out. They let the people from Hunan travel abroad outside of China. They couldn't travel into China, but they let them travel abroad. Knowing that they have taken steps to isolate themselves from the people of Hunan but they let those people in Hunan travel abroad Um, there's something interesting that Gordon um, Gordon Chang um, my friend Gordon uh, Chang also uh, mentioned Chang he also addressed the unjust treatment some Chinese officials have handed down to African people living in the city 
of Zhangzhou. Zhangzhou. Black Africans have been evicted from apartments, barred from hotels and restaurants, and forced to take coronavirus test. The communist regime has an a very xenophobic ideology, and it is actually racist. It's racist. Actually, it's racist. And that is right. You know, how often, how many times have I said this? How many times have I said this to you? If you are black in this country, if you are Latin in this country, if you are whoever you are, white, Irish, Italian, Jewish, if you're American, you came off the Mayflower, still had to survive the trip to get over here and then survive being here once you landed. Whoever you are, you have a story to tell, but your story could not have been told anywhere else except here. Especially if you're black. Especially if you're Latin, Latino in this country. If you're Jewish, huh? The Irish, you're still, listen, the Irish are the most prosperous ethnic group in America. The Irish are, and the signs used to read, no dogs, no Irish. Bale of cotton about to fall, get that slave from over there, call that Irishman over here. Get him over here. Because if the bale of cotton falls down on the slave and kills him, that's lost revenue. But if it fell down on the Irishman and killed him, that's just one dead Irishman. Nobody cared. We all have experienced the inequities of life in one way or another. Reigns on the just and the unjust, my friends. I'll be back after these brief words with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. Home stretch of the C.L. Bryant Show coming up. Don't you go anywhere. I'll be right back laying down another plank. I'm C.L. Back in a minute. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. 
God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. Home stretch of the CL Bryant Show. Glad that you come along with us. Uh, building the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here. Over the airwaves of Red State Talk Radio uh, throughout the Fruited Plains. want to thank Loving Liberty for bringing us into their family as well. And all the other stations that play us in terrestrial replay throughout uh, the country. want to thank you for doing that. And all of you who listen around the globe. All of our servicemen and women around uh, the globe. We thank you for your service. Thank you for being there for us on the front lines of American freedom. Yeah, the communist regime of communist China forcing Africans to leave their apartments, they're evicting them from there, barring them from certain places, and forcing them to take the coronavirus test. Question being, what do they do with them after they take the test? Their story is certainly not going to be told in China, is it? No, of course not. Your story could not be told in China. I don't care who you are. But your story can be told in America, and that's why it always bothers me when people don't appreciate what we have and, of course, who we are. It always bothers me. Because the first thing that people want to scream in this country, people who have no clue what it truly is, they want to scream racism. But what I just read to you about what the Chinese are doing to the Africans, that is racist. And that did at one time happen uh, regardless of what, what we wanted to do about it or how we th- what we thought about it. That happened to black folks in this country. We were made to do certain things that um, we didn't want to do, but we were made to do it. I mean, just simple as standing off the getting off the sidewalk if white folks were walking down. The, down that was in the South. And I know you folks up in the North, you black folks in the North like to talk about, I wouldn't, yes, you would have too if you wanted to live. That's why you fled. How do you think you wind up in the North? (laughs) Uh, You left here because you didn't want to do that. And that's what you have to do. Or you change what's going on. And that's what we did in the South. We changed this. This stuff got to stop. We changed that. If you never experienced that, if you never lived through that, if you never uh, understood why that was prevalent, yeah, you say, well, if I was a slave, I would have known you would have been a slave or you'd have gotten beat or killed. And your children and, and you would. And if your your four parents had not been as strong as they are. Or were. You wouldn't be here. They learn to endure. And because of that, you can be prosperous. So when hard times, when bad, when trouble comes, you too must learn to endure in your present day situation with the common knowledge and the common sense and the understanding that 
the people who paid for you to be where you are, they did not have the luxuries that you enjoy. Yet you've been given this. You've been given this thing here that is just absolutely tremendous. It's called the American dream. What is that? Friends, I've told you this so many different times, and this is what's at stake here. And it's not uh, any legislation. And then, then again, it may be contained in legislation that's being formulated. The American dream is what's under attack here. What is that? Someone may ask. It's four things. It always has been, always will be, and it's the four things for everyone who is an American citizen. We lose sight of it because we lose sight of our own purpose. The American dream is the ability to keep your family fed, safe, warm, and dry. That's what every American dreams of. That's what every American hopes that uh, will be easier for them in the next day or the next moment, the next hour. And that's what we're trying to protect when we shelter at home, when we stay home. We're sheltering. We're trying to protect the possibilities and the future of our American dream, the ability to keep our families safe, fed, warm and dry. That's why we hoard things like we did. We want to hold on to what is possible. And none of our stories are possible in China. They're not possible in Russia. They're not possible in Iran or Iraq. They're not possible. We're Americans. We're in this together. I'm glad that we're finally beginning to say this. But why does it take a catastrophe for us to even start uttering those words? Why does it take a catastrophe to you say that four times fast? I bet you. But <laughs> why does it take a catastrophe for us to see past even color? Even though um, it has been brought about that we are black folks. And full disclosure, I'm a black man speaking to you if you've never listened to the show before. Yeah, all my life I've been black. I know I've been on both sides of the street. I am a conservative now, but I no, I've been president of the NAACP. I was the guy in charge, HNIC in Garland, Texas. Yeah, for a long time, a couple of terms. I know I've seen both sides of this street. I'm not talking out of the side of my neck. When I tell you what I have experienced, I've lived long enough to talk to you about it. I'm, I'm talking to you historically about this. Oh, yeah. I've seen the Klan march in the 60s. I've seen them, full regalia, in the 60s, Shreveport, Louisiana, which was the last place to concede defeat in the Civil War. Shreveport, last city in the Confederacy to concede defeat in the Civil War. That's where I was born. I was born in Confederate Memorial Hospital, Shreveport, Louisiana. Did my parents have any control over that? No. That's where black folks were born. Before then, we were born at what was called the Old Charity Hospital. But Confederate Memorial Hospital was a Confederate Memorial Hospital and had statues and all that kind of stuff out in front of it and all that kind of thing. Confederate flag flew from it. I remember it vividly growing up as a child. 
that was that was that was the way it was. You know, am I scarred? Maybe I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> but I, I I grew up during that time. I've seen both sides of this street. And I am saying to you that the America that we are able, all of us, black, red, yellow, black, and white, are able to enjoy right now came out of, it evolved from the one that I saw when I was growing up, the one that my father saw, and my grandfather, and my grandfather and grandmother, the ones that they saw, great-grand. Mother and father, the one they saw that why um, are, are our children not disciplined the old fashioned way anymore? It's because that world doesn't even exist. Hmm? That world, it. I mean, you know, you can do what you want. Yeah, I was a disciplinarian in my family. My wife didn't discipline much and they were sad when she did. <laughs> But um, you don't. You just don't do that anymore. Why? Because children don't respond that way because those times are gone. They don't exist anymore. That doesn't mean that value systems have to disappear. That doesn't mean that. But the times have changed. And friends. We cannot allow this thing to go on much further because it's not a part of our DNA as Americans. This is going to stop and it's going to come to an end soon. Um, I got to get back to seeing sports live and on television. This would not have been so bad. <laughs> if I could have seen basketball or final four action man if if I could have just been entertained all day long I could, I could have done this much easier if there had been sports if there had been NBA action baseball if I could have just gone and seen the um, Rockies play ball this would have been much easier, but then things would have been normal. Then wouldn't they? Yeah, it would have been easier, of course. That's what the point is. And that's what we long for. That's what we want to get back to. Living our lives and doing what Americans do Best produce. Because if we're not producing, we're going to have to be consumers. And our consumption rate, we saw it just uh, the other day. Our consumption rate is so voracious that even the money that we had set aside for small business ran out in just a couple of days.
So you got to go back to work. Because we cannot pay your boss to pay you while you're at home collecting your own tax dollars. That money will run out if you don't work. So we have to get back to work and we will. As Dion said, um, if I were to make you a promise, prime time said this, if I was to make you a promise, we, we going to get through this. We're going to be all right. <laughs> I promise you that. Okay. I believe that's going to happen to Dion. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, brother. We're going to get through this. We're going to be all right. I promise you that. Why? Because we're a nation that has been blessed by God from sea to shining sea. And let's put our hand and our faith in him. Pray that he comes and heal our land. We'll get through this. And the other reason that we'll get through this is because we are Americans. And this is what we do. We persevere. Long live the Judeo-Christian ethic. And I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL. And my heartfelt desire is that God would bless and keep you all.